Good afternoon. Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We look forward to having you on the show. Thanks for joining us. This afternoon's episode is titled, God Looks at the Heart. It shall be focused on the study of 1 Samuel chapter 16. Before we go any further, we'll begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, as we read in this scripture, we see, Lord, the difference between your approach and the approach of man. How you look at the heart of a man and not the outward countenance. So, Father, we see how you chose David to become a king. Even, Lord, he looked like he was among the least of his brethren. But, Father, out of him, Lord, he became one of the most, a man after your own heart and one of the most devout men that have ever lived. Much so that, Father, you became the root and offspring of David. And you promised him that the scepter would never leave the scepter would never leave his household. We thank you for all these things. Speak to us today in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to 1 Samuel chapter 16. Chapter 16. And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil and go. I will send thee to Jesse, the Bethlehemite. For I have provided me a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hear it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take an heifer with thee and say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord, and call Jesse to the sacrifice. And I will show thee what thou shalt do. And thou shalt anoint unto me him whom I name unto thee. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake, and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming, and said, Comest thou peaceably? And he said, Peaceably, I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves, and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons, and called them to the sacrifice. And it came to pass when they were come, that he looked on Eliab, and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab, and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Then Jesse made Shammah to pass by. And he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Again Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, The Lord hath not chosen these. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ready, and withal of a beautiful countenance, and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him. For this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil, and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servants said unto him, Behold now, an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. Let our Lord now command thy servants, which are before thee, to seek out a man 
who is a cunning player on an harp. And it shall come to pass, when the evil spirit from God is upon thee, that he shall play with his hand, and thou shalt be well. And Saul said unto his servants, Provide me now a man that can play well, and bring him to me. Then answered one of the servants, and said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse the Bethlehemite, that is cunning in playing, and a mighty valiant man, and a man of war, and prudent in matters, and a comely person, and the Lord is with him. Wherefore Saul sent messengers unto Jesse, and said, Send me David thy son, which is with the sheep. And Jesse took an ass laden with bread, and a bottle of wine, and a kid, and sent them by David his son unto Saul. And David came to Saul, and stood before him, and he loved him greatly, and he became his armor-bearer. And Saul said to Jesse, saying, Let David, I pray thee, stand before me, for he hath found favor in my sight. And it came to pass, when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul, that David took an harp, and played with his hand. So Saul was refreshed, and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled Jehovah Jireh. This was preached in 1956 on June the 13th. We'll begin at paragraph 12 up to paragraph 24. I trust you find it to be a blessing. One time when Israel chose a king, their first one, they made a terrible mistake. A great big seven foot head and shoulders saw and he become a backslider and done disgrace to Israel. God then made him a choice. And he said to Samuel, get some oil in the cruise and go up to Jesse's house or I'll show you who I chose. And when he goes up to Jesse's house, Jesse was very happy. So he had seven sons and he called the biggest one, great, big, fine, handsome looking fella. Said, won't he look nice with the king's robes on him? Crown sitting on top of his head. Looked like a very image of a king. But when Samuel tucked the cruise and went forth to anoint him, king, the Lord said, don't do it. I've condemned him. I haven't chosen him. And he brought another, the next biggest one. God said, I haven't chose him either. So he brought the sixth one. And God refused him. Samuel said, haven't you got a, another one? Listen, haven't you got another one? He said, oh, yes, but he's just a little old scrawny, ruddy, naughty fella. Lives back out there on the back of the deserts, herding the sheep. He'd never make a king. So we'll go get him. And when little old David come in, sheepskin coat on, little crook in his hand, shepherd's staff, the Holy Ghost said, go on him, for that's my choice. See, God does the choosing because God looks on the heart. Sometimes we think of the great churches with the great spires and million dollar organ setting in it that's where God is not all the time that isn't true God chooses a humble heart I don't care if he's so poor he has to wear overhauls or if he's a beggar in the street if he's humble and willing to believe God God will take him that's just all right amen Abraham just an ordinary man God called him one day and said Abraham I'm going to take you and make you a father of nations. 
And you're going to have a baby by Sarah. Now, Sarah was his wife. She was 65 years old, 10 years younger than Abraham. About 15 years past the menopause. Yes, better than that. But he said, Abraham, no matter, probably married her when she was just a girl because it was his half-sister. said, now, but I am going to give you a child by Sarah. Him 75, her 65. And the Bible said that Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong, giving praise to God. You get it? Oh, does it make something just go over you to know that that's our God too? To know that this is His Word and His promise to you? Every promise. And he said that he was going to have the child. So Abraham wasn't afraid to testify. He goes out on the street and begins to say, Now, we're going to have a baby, Sarah and I. I suppose he bought up the bird eye and the pins and things and made things ready. People say, Abraham, you're just a little bit slipped in the head, old fella. What do you think a doctor would say to him if today, if a man... Tuck his wife down to the doctor's office and her 65, him 75, and said, Doc, we won't engage you. We're going to have a baby up at our house. They want to put him in a mental institution. <laughs> Here it is. Every man, not no exceptions, every man or woman that takes God at his word is considered by the world just a little foolish. Because the, the wisdom of the world is foolishness to God. But it pleased God through the foolishness of preaching to save them as lost. How we love Him. Notice, Abraham going around, 75 years old, white beard hanging down, gray hairs over his shoulders saying, Glory to God, we're going to have a baby. After the first month, I could see him rushing to Sarah and say, Sarah, how you feel, honey? No different, Abraham. Glory to God, we're going to have it anyhow. <laughs> Why? God said so. That's enough. I can see the critics on the street say, Abraham, where's that baby? It's coming anyhow. Aren't you just a little mistaken? Are you sure? Can you scientifically prove it? I don't have to scientifically prove it. God said so. That's scientific enough for any believer. Amen. That was kind of sharp, but that's the truth. God's Word settles it forever. God said so. That's all right. God will do it. Notice, after a while, God called for a complete separation. God does some foolish things to the world. How it seems and how, how foolish God works. Take an old man to the world I'm speaking. An old man 75 years old and a woman 65 years old go give him a baby. And remember, the baby wasn't born till he was 100 and she was 90. But Abraham, instead of getting weak, he got stronger all the time, praising God. For it was known that it had to happen because God said so. But you say you're Abraham's seed. And if God doesn't perform a miracle and do something for you, oh, I'll, uh, 
lost my healing. Well, I guess I better go back again tomorrow night. Abraham's seed. <laughs> Abraham's seed holds on to God's promise. Abraham's seed is the Holy Spirit given through Christ to the Gentile and Jew alike. Notice, as the days passed on, Abraham got stronger. Well, if it don't happen this month, next month, praise God, you'll be 65 years old in two months. 65 years old in three months. The first year passed. How about Sarah? No different. But praise God, we're going to have it anyhow. Going to have it anyhow? God said so. Now God said, Abraham, separate yourself from your kindred and your associates and come out into a land that I'll show you. And you'll sojourn there as a stranger and pilgrim. That's the hard thing. Separate yourself. That's what's the matter with the people today. God could not bless Abraham as long as he was associated with a group of people that didn't believe the same promise he believed. Amen. I hope the Holy Spirit digs out under the fifth rib on the left side. That's what's the matter today. The people who call themselves Christians associate themselves with worldly things. But God wants you to separate yourself from those things. Come out from among it. Get away from those old stagnated things you used to fool with. You're known by your works, what you do. I don't condemn sinners from the way they live. That's all they know. I feel sorry for them. I don't blame a sinner from going out and get drunk. That's all the pleasure he has. Give him another. I don't blame him from gambling, going to places and honky-tonks. That's all the pleasure he's got. I don't blame a pig for eating out of a manure pile. That's all he knows. But you people who call yourself Christians and do it, you're the guy that I'm firing at. You know better. You wouldn't want to see a lamb go to dinner with the pig, would you? <laughs> be something strange. But it wouldn't be strange for the pig be eating there. So where your nature is, that's where you eat. What's your diet? If you're Abraham's seed, you believe God in my heavenly things. You see it? That's separate yourself. Come out and be a pilgrim and a stranger. God calls every man to separation. Not one exception. Every man that comes to Christ must separate himself from the things of the world. To have faith in God. You can't walk around where people are and be in people and associate with people. That's the wrong thing and expect to have faith. You can't get around where Thomas is at and, and all of his children and where say all the days of miracles is passed and no such a thing. Is that the first thing you know that spirit will get on you? Come out from among them, the Bible said. Separate yourself. Be separated. Touch not their unclean things, and I will receive you, saith the Lord. The trouble of it is, we got too much Hollywood preaching and not enough old-time rough preaching 
I like the old time kind. It really tears the hide off of you. Brings it down to a place where it belongs. Too much petting around. We need the old-fashioned gospel. Amen. Preached in His power of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. That's what the world needs today. Total annihilation. Watch. Now, as they went out, the tests come. Every time that a man really steps out to serve God, he goes through testings. God gives you a little training. Child training. It's not very pleasant, the Bible said, for a while, but it yieldeth forth peaceful fruits. My daddy used to take me out behind the house with a strap of leather about like that. Got some good old-fashioned child training. It's too bad that our children don't get it today. The trouble of it is you cigarette smoking, cocktail drinking, picture show running mothers, running around on bar flies and things, and letting a babysitter take care of your kids instead of being home taking care of them like God gave them to you. That's what's caused all this stuff. If you want. That's exactly right. No wonder you can't have faith. How can you associate with the things of the world and try to associate it with Christ? God calls for separation. Yes. Then trials and testings come. The Bible said if we can't stand the trials and testing, then we become legitimate children, illegitimate. Bastard children, the Bible calls it, and not the children of God. We can't stand the trials and testings. A famine come and Abraham run. Then after God appeared to him coming back, he come into the promised land again. There he was sojourner, build an altar to the Lord and worship the Lord. Then he had one little old parasite hanging on him. Yet that was his nephew Lot, a lukewarm believer. That's what's the matter. That's the kind that makes God sick at his stomach. He said he would spew him from his mouth. A wishy-washy borderline. Got enough religion to make him sick. That was Lot. And when the herders got to fussing, then he, Abraham, said, Now we are brethren. Let's separate ourselves. We don't want any trouble among us. And Lot went out to the well-watered Jordan plains. And down in there, because he pitched his tent towards Sodom and become a great man, backslid down there. On his road down... When you begin to seek the flower bed of ease, you're on your road out. I like that old poem. Must I be carried home to heaven on a flower bed of ease while others fought to win the prize and sail through bloody seas? Oh, I must fight. If I must reign, increase my courage, Lord. That ought to be the prayer of the Christian tonight. Taking the way of the world. The eases where people pat you on the back. Friendship of the world is enmity to God. So Lot went down towards Sodom. And then after Abraham was completely separated from all the parasites and the hang-ons, God appeared to him again. I like that. God came to him and said, Abraham, come out here just a moment. I want to show you something. So lift up your eyes. Look to the north just as far as you can see. To the south and the east and west. Said, I've given it all to you. Yes, 
Amen. So walk through the land. You're the possessor of it. It's all yours. No wonder David cried. Last night's scripture reading. Forget not all his benefits. Well, you know, after you come into this kingdom of God, there's a lot of benefits goes with it. When God calls you, knocks at your heart, separates you from the things of the world and gives you a little child training to see if you're going to hold out or not. Gives you a little scolding, shakes you around, gives you a little chastisement. All of you get it if you're really children of God. Get a little training. As we get towards the end of this episode, we'll end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your mighty love. Lord, as we read about Saul and, Lord, the punishment that came to him for not following your word fully and how he was tormented of an evil spirit, even until his death. So, Lord, we pray, may you redeem us, Father, from all the wiles of the enemy that we may not look to the left or to the right, but to continue down the straight path. Father, be with us for the remainder of the day. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you. I came from God And I go back to God It's Jesus who knew me before the world was ever made Oh, thank you, Jesus you saved my life from death. I came from God, and I go back to God. It's Jesus who knew me before the world was ever made. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You saved my life from death. This is the reason that I sing and I rejoice. I'm happy, as happy as can be Oh, thank you, Jesus You filled my life with joy Before there was an atom on this earth Before the stars and sun were made on high Oh, hallelujah You wrote me in your book I'm saved by His grace, and it's not by my works. It's Jesus who saved me before the world was ever made. Oh, thank you, Jesus, you saved me by your grace. I am saved by His grace, and it's not by my works. It's Jesus. Who saved me before the world was ever made Oh, thank you, Jesus You saved me by your grace
This is the reason that I sing it. I rejoice. And I'm happy, as happy as can be. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You filled my life with joy. Before there was an atom on this earth, before the stars and sun were made on high, oh, hallelujah, you wrote me in your book. He guides me all the time, and I cannot be deceived. Cause he wrote my name in his book before the world was ever made. Oh, thank you, Jesus. He loves me, this I know. He guides me all the time, and I cannot be deceived. Cause he wrote my name in his book before the world was ever made. Oh, thank you, Jesus. He loves me, this I know. This is the reason that I sing and I rejoice And I'm happy, as happy as can be Oh, thank you, Jesus, you filled my life with joy Before there was an atom on this earth Before the stars and sun were made on high Oh, hallelujah, you wrote me in your book. This is the reason that I sing and I rejoice. And I'm happy, as happy as can be. Oh, thank you, Jesus, you filled my life with joy. Before there was an atom on this earth, before the stars and sun were made on high, oh, hallelujah, you wrote me in your dream.